it's very important that people remember this and that that not only they remember it as something, you know, historical or devoid of context or something that doesn't relate to them, but that they understand that this affects us all, that at the end of the day, when there's anti-Semitism or anti-Latino sentiment or anti-Black sentiment or whatever, it goes against our democratic values. The Purple Line is a community podcast, bringing you in-depth conversations with diverse leaders in the public and private sectors. Whether you're a student looking to gather advice or a professional tuning in for valuable resources, our dynamic programming provides tips for all ages and backgrounds. I'm your host, Keith Fernandez, and this is The Purple Line. Dina Siegelvan is director of the American Jewish Committee's Arthur and Rochelle Belfer Institute for Latino and Latin American Affairs in Washington, D.C. She previously served as UN and Latin American Affairs Director for B'nai B'rith International. Before immigrating to the U.S. in 1996, she was Political Affairs Director for the Mexican Jewish Community. In her AJC role, she has traveled widely and developed a network of diplomatic and political contacts. She organized the first Latino Jewish Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. in 2001 and the National Conversation on the State of Latino-Jewish Relations in 2013. The Congressional Latino Jewish Caucus was also founded largely due to her efforts. A regular contributor to the Spanish daily El País, Siegel Van has received numerous awards for her intergroup and civil rights work. She graduated with a BA in English Literature from Tel Aviv University and holds an MA in Public Relations from the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Dina, thank you so much for joining us today on the Purple Line, talking about Latino Jewish communities and how we build bridges between these two communities. In fact, they're, you know, for some people, it's both of their identities. I know that there are many people of Latino origin who are of the Jewish faith, but as someone, for example, who's been very interested in Israel since I worked in Congress for Congressman Ileana Ross Leighton, and I, you know, definitely, you know, sort of, I've seen our two communities interact, but to give our audience a good sense of what you do, I'm going to read it out because it's a really impressive title. You are serving as a director of the Latino and Latin American Institute of the American Jewish Committee in Washington, D.C., where you pursue outreach and coalition building efforts with the Latino communities in the U.S., while at the same time strengthening ties between the U.S., Israel, and Latin America. Whoa, that is a lot. That is a big, big job. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what you do and also how you got inspired to be this bridge builder between communities, whether it's you know in the U.S., whether it's internationally, and, and what motivates your work. Thank you, Keith. And thank you so much for this kind invitation. And of course, you mentioned one of the champions of Latino-Jewish relations, former Congresswoman Ileana Rosleitinen, who we worked with very closely. She herself is a Latina Jew. And of course, she was a founder of the Latino-Jewish Congressional Caucus, which AJC helped establish. So, you know, she's really an example of what we're talking about. So let me tell you a little bit about what we do, what we do. And it's really a privilege that I can do something that addresses my my multiple identities. As you mentioned, I'm a Latina Jew. I was born and raised in Mexico City. I'm a second generation Mexican Jew. My father was an American, so I'm a Mexican-American. Actually, I was a Mexican-American even while being in Mexico. So multiple identities were always part of my background. Being Jewish, you know, there's 40,000 Jews 
in a country of 120 million inhabitants also was always a challenge, but an opportunity to be a bridge builder. And that's what I think I've been. I've been a bridge builder between my different identities, between my different homelands, whether it be my native homeland, my current homeland, my ancestral homeland, which is Israel. And it's been really quite a journey. I've been doing this for the last, well, of course, as I said, as I was since I was born, but professionally, I've been doing it for 40 years. And our institute, which is part of the American Jewish Committee, American Jewish Committee was founded back in 1906 by a group of German Jews very concerned about the situation of Jews in Europe because of anti-Semitism. Nothing new under the sun, unfortunately, today. But these Jews, this committee of Jews, that's why it's called the American Jewish Committee, understood that in order to be able to advocate on behalf of the Jewish minority, it was important to advocate for all minorities, that it was important that all minorities be respected and have an opportunity to really articulate their different identities. And that's what AJC has been doing. AJC has been addressing the strengthening of democratic values, of inclusiveness, of pluralism, of respect and dignity for everyone and finding commonalities between different groups in American society and around the world. We have 25 offices in the United States, and we have 14 offices around the world. So we are, a, you know, we're really a global, we're an American organization. We're also a global organization. And in my case, we find shared agendas between the Latino and Jewish communities in the United States writ large. And we try to also find intersections with the Latinos countries of origin throughout the Americas. Spain and Portugal are also part of my portfolio. And we have 200,000 Latino Jews who were born, many of them born and raised in Latin America, now have found in the United States their homeland. And they're also part of this equation. And in Latin America, because we're also a global diplomacy, global advocacy organization, in Latin America proper and in Spain and Portugal, you know, we also try to advocate for principles and for agendas which are important to us and to the half a million Jews that live in the countries of the Americas. And that's great. And I think that really illuminates my next question, which is about building coalitions. I know that in 2001, you were responsible for organizing the first Latino Jewish Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. 2001 seems like eternity ago, even though in history, it's really, it's just a small, a small sliver of the, the history a lot of us have lived. What issues drew you to this advocacy? You know, when you talk about coalition work and reaching out to diverse communities, what, what issue areas were you keying in on then, keying in on now, how have they changed? How have they stayed the same? I know I, I know it's a broad question, but go anywhere you want with it. No, no, I think it's a very important question and very relevant question. I think that when I started doing this, it was very clear that Latinos and Jews were indifferent to one another, mostly. There was no hostility. It was mostly indifference. We were really in different spaces. And, you know, we what we try to do is create the spaces to bring leaders of both communities together and try to underscore the commonalities between all of us, because there's a lot of commonalities between both communities. First of all, we are diaspora communities. And this is something that is relatively new for the Latino communities. But it's, you know, as you know, it's a historical identity mark for Jews for more than 2,000 years. I mean, Jews have been in the diaspora even before 
you know, Christianity. So this has been very central to us. So this has been something that has tied us together. The fact that we are immigrants, that we come from immigrant backgrounds, this is something that has also brought us together. We're sensitive to, to, the, to the whole of immigration, and we have advocated together for immigration reform and for humane, orderly, and safe immigration waves, you know, immigration in, in the country. Unfortunately, yeah. it hasn't happened. Yeah. We're still waiting. This is a pending assignment, but this is something that brings us together. We're also very, very focused on, unfortunately, we have been targeted. We have been targets of hate crimes. You know, anti-Semitism, as you know, has been on the rise, continues to be on the rise in the United States, something that didn't exist in 2001. Latinos also have been targets of hate crimes, of stereotypes, stereotyping, of toxic narratives. This is something that absolutely ties us together. We know that an attack against one is an attack against all of us. So, you know, we want to advocate together. And finally, I think that one of the issues that is very important to us and should be important to us, and, and it's becoming more and more important, I think, for the Latino communities is foreign policy. And foreign policy, because, of, because we come from different places, I mean, all of us in the United States, of course, most of us come from different places, but Latinos really have not yet advocated, you know, in a very sustained way for in the, in, the, in the realm of foreign policy. Of course, in Congress, you see more and more Hispanic members doing that. And Ileana Roslayton, and of course, was the head of the Foreign Affairs Committee, and yeah. she understood it, understood it very well. But that's not a given. And there's, there's very few or none Latin organizations today that advocate, that are really active in foreign policy. AJC and many other Jewish organizations, as you know, are very much focused on foreign policy, not only Israel, but we understand how the world impacts us and we impact the world. And the U.S., you know, wants to keep, we want the U.S. to keep on playing an important role as a global actor. So therefore, you know, it's important that both our communities speak out, are active and, and, and can talk about our priorities. Latin America for us is, at, at AJC, is very important. Latin America in, Amer in for the foreign policy in our country, sometimes it's an afterthought. We want to make sure that that's not the case, that we understand that this is a neighborhood and we have to advocate together for its well-being. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it's funny when I was working for Liana, you know, she would always say foreign policy is domestic policy. It really does affect the people of the communities. I mean, and it affects the entire nation and it should be top of mind. And that really leads me into the founding of a Latino Jewish Congressional Caucus. We've got Chile members, Maradis, Bolara, Alvio Serres, as you mentioned, former Congresswoman Ross Layton and Chile Madrina. But what, what did you, when you were to advocate and establish this Congressional Caucus. We had seen, you know, luckily a big pro-Israel movement on the Hill already, but what did we, with the rise of anti-Semitism in different parts of the world, you know, sadly, it seems like we're seeing this movie over and over again with hate popping up. How did this, how does this organization help ensure that we are combating anti-Semitism, that we are doing so, you know, with the Latino population and really helping Really stamp out anti-Semitism when you can, especially in Spanish language or among Latinos who may not have been exposed to things like the Holocaust Museum in D.C. or other sort of, you know, really, really educational tools that others who are perhaps, let's say, you know, non-Hispanic whites would, you know, say, oh, you know, I already know about that. Of course. No, no. Thank you for the question. In 2011, we had this idea of helping create this caucus because 
At that point, we started seeing that Republicans and Democrats, even before, were not talking to one another. We're not reaching any consensus. So we said, well, maybe as Latinos and Jews, they will have another perspective, another area where they can find some commonality. And that's why we created the caucus. And the caucus has gone, as you know, through different iterations because every Congress we have to re, you know, register the caucus. And there's been people, for example, when when we founded it, Congressman Elliot Engel was one of the co-chairs. He's no longer in Congress. So, you know, Congresswoman Herrera Butler, who is now the Congresswoman, will not be in Congress. So we have changed, you know, the, this bipartisan caucus. But we generally have about 40, 50 members that add their names to this. And yes, one of the things that you were asking me, the difference between 2001 and today, I mean, definitely there has been, you know, an evolution and an involution because anti-Semitism is really a regression in that sense, unfortunately. And we have had to advocate a lot about that. Every time that there is any event, anti-Semitic event, whether it be Pittsburgh or Poway or other areas, you know, other places where we've seen violence against Jews, you know, the caucus comes out and delivers a statement. But also, for example, in Chile, which is today for us a hotspot of anti-Semitism in the region. I don't know if if people are aware, but there's a very small community, 20,000 Jews, and there's a very large Palestinian community, around 400,000, which no problem. You know, most of most Jews and, and Chilean Jews and Palest Palestinian Chileans get along very well. But there's a small minority of Palestinian Chileans that have been quite hostile towards the Jewish community. It's not about criticizing Israel. It has to do much more with really, you know, crossing the boundaries into anti-Semitism, making the community become very vulnerable, et cetera. And the caucus has spoken out, wrote a letter to the State Department expressing concern. There, you know, so so I mean it's it's the 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 caucus has been really very active in trying to shed light on anti-Semitism in this area, of course. You were talking about the the, the Spanish speaking, you know, Latinos, Spanish speaking and 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 not Spanish speaking because you have someone like Nick Fuentes, you know, as you know, he's someone that that has has espoused very, very, you know, hardline, hardcore anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, et cetera, and he's of Mexican descent. But what we're trying to do in that sense is really expose the younger generation of Latinos, as you mentioned, to, for example, chapters like the Holocaust. Unfortunately, the new generations, you know, don't have any memory about that, don't understand, you know, what that, why that happened and how dangerous it is, it is not to only to Jews, but to humanity as a whole and to every minority. So we did something two weeks ago, which was quite significant. We took a group of Chile fellows together with our AJC colleagues and with, with, our, with young Jewish leaders to the Holocaust Museum. We took them around. For many of them, it was the first time they were in the Holocaust Museum. And then we had a conversation to unpack all, all this. What does that mean? Why should we care? Uh, what are the implications for today? What does it mean to... You know, when a when a minority, you know, is 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 devoid, you know, the way they did it of, of its humanity, and then it becomes a target for extermination, which is what happened to the Jews, et cetera. And which what we've seen also in, in the United States, you know, also with calls against Latinos, et cetera. So this is this is a type of proactive work that we're trying to do to make sure that within the Latino community, the younger generations, there is much more 
awareness about about this scourge? Yeah, you know, and, and Dina, you touched on a lot of things I've been thinking about lately because sadly we've seen anti-Semitism in the news recently with, you know, critics against people the Jew the Jewish faith. I mean, conspiracy theories, as you all mentioned. But but I do feel like there's sort of a when the media narrative recedes, people go, Oh, but why is this work ongoing? Why is it important to keep those work ongoing? And it seems to me like it's really crucial to keep this to be a sustained sort of work stream to ensure that people don't forget and they don't forget that there are anti-Semitic acts happening against people of the Jewish faith all the time in the Jewish community. Why is it important to keep this going even when we don't hear about it? Why is it important to ensure that we preserve the historical memory? I know that you mentioned taking Chile fellows to the, to the Holocaust Museum, but why should this be an ongoing part of programming versus just, oh, there's, you know, things sadly happening and, and reacting to it? Yeah, I think that when you forget the past, mm -hmm. you are liable to repeat it, you know, and we're seeing it today in Ukraine and we're seeing it other places around the world. You know, people who don't remember the don't remember, you know, what happened only 75 years ago, 80 years ago, and we mm -hmm. see the same type of behavior. So it's very important that we preserve this historical memory to prevent future behavior, similar future behaviors. You know, we want to believe that as, as humanity, we have learned, you know, we have processed certain lessons that were very, very bitter, um, that cost the Jews six, you know, it was 6 million Jews, but it was, I think, 40 million people that died uh, during the Second World War, you know, and we're seeing that continue in many parts of the world. So, so for us, it's very important that people remember this and that that not only they remember it as something, you know, historical or devoid of context yeah. or something that doesn't relate to them, but that they understand that this affects us all, that at the end of the day, when there's anti-Semitism or anti-Latino sentiment or anti-Black sentiment or whatever, it goes against our democratic values. If we really value democracy in this country, you want to make sure that it continues to be strong and that all of us are included and that we raise everybody, then we have to speak up and be in this fight together. Otherwise, you know, and that's what happened, you know, when what we say that, you know, it only it only takes one good person not to do something for bad things to happen. Yeah. Indifference is no option. You know, there's no option. We all have to be involved in this fight. That's that's right. And I think that that really ladders into one of the things that I hope the audience is thinking about too, which is there are a lot of people out there who will say, you know, I am not, you know, I'm not Jewish or I'm not Latino or I'm not Asian. And so it doesn't really apply to me. And I think we see the lessons of history to show that, you know, when hate comes for one group, it's, it's going to come for us all. We've seen it. Yeah. Yes. And, and for those people who then say, okay, well, I want to get involved. Like, how do you get involved in this? What, what is a way to combat anti-Semitism, combat anti-Hispanic hate, combat anti-Black hate. For someone who he may just be sitting in their college dorm room and saying, all right, I want to help, but how do I help? I think that, you know, today we have social media. I mean, not all of, not all of social media is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we know that social media, you know, is has two sides to it. Yeah. But I think that, you know, social media is being used for a lot of stuff. It, it should be used to to speak up. I think there's a lot of organizations, whether in college, in the college campus or elsewhere, organizations like Chile, 
you know, or the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute or others, you know, that, you know, they're the public, you're the public servants of the future. You're the officials, you know, as now use your space to speak up, use your words, use your voice really to denounce in the stronger terms possible, you know, what's going on. Try to meet members of different groups. You know, I think that there's there's nothing better than really getting to know people who are different to you to understand that that we're all so similar, that we all are human and have so many similar uh, backgrounds, concerns, et cetera, and value what is different, you know, and respect what is different. I think that, you know, that's the way to do it and to find, everybody will find their own voice, their own space, but there's a lot of, of, of organizations today out there and platforms where you can express yourself against this and not to remain in the margins ever. I, I agree. I think that that's one of the things that has animated both communities, you know, participating in politics, voting, you know, being heard, protesting, embracing awareness. Supporting or, candidates yeah. that also yeah. represent your, you know, and not candidates that are promoting hate and that are promoting division. That's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we tackled the how and the why. And so I guess my final question is, where can someone go learn more about the Latino Jewish community, the nexus between Latinos and people of the Jewish faith, or really just about the issue of Israel and why and how we got to where we are today? Of course, I recommend that they go to our website, ajc.org. There's a lot of resources, huge resources. There's one in particular that I should have brought and, and showed you because it's called Translating Hate. I think it's one of the best, best, I could, I could send it to you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a glossary of anti-Semitic terms from A to Z. And why are they anti-Semitic? Why, when you criticize George Soros, it's not only criticizing George Soros, but he has become an icon and he is, you know, he has become a Jewish, like a Jewish, the Jewish like a uh, totem. face. Yeah. yeah. Why or why when you call global elites, many people are thinking about you. I mean, there's a whole, you have the historical context, you have the, you know, the sociological context of why this is happening. I think it's very important. Antisemitism comes from the right, from the left, from Islamic sources. It's very complicated, but this is a fantastic document. And there's many more resources on AJC.org. And we have our, uh, our Twitter handle is at AJC Latino. And there's also at AJC Global. By the way, within AJC.org, there's a whole section about regarding Latinos and Latin America. 2013, we conducted a very interesting study about Latino Jews in the United States. And we, we're about to release, probably in a couple of weeks, a study we conducted with Latino millennials and what their perceptions, their attitudes to Israel, to anti-Semitism, to the Holocaust, et cetera, much of what you and I have been talking about, which I think is going to be quite enlightening. I appreciate that. And with Translating Hate, we'll link that out in the description of the episode. So people, when they click on the episode, then they can click on that. That would and, be uh, wonderful. I'll send it to you. And I have it in English and Spanish. I can send you both. Perfect. Perfect. And Dina, thank you so much for taking the time today. I think you're absolutely right. You know, when when hate comes from one group, it comes from us all. So we proudly stand against uh, anti-Semitism and we do uh, what we can to combat it. And thank you so much for taking the time. To My pleasure. And I have life. to say that Marianne Gomez has been really, and I have to thank her really from the bottom of my heart because she has been such a supporter, such a friend, 
fantastic partner and ally. And we look forward, and of course, the members, Mario Diaz-Balart and Lincoln Diaz-Balart, who have been really close friends and allies of the Jewish community. So we look forward to continuing working side by side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll pass that along. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for walking on the Purple Line. My pleasure. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Purple Line. You can follow me at underscore Keith Fernandez on Twitter and make sure to follow Chili across all social media platforms at the Chili for the latest updates. 